0: And I'm Austin. And we're a married couple. And we
1: are here to lovingly snark on Hallmark's Countdown to Christmas lineup for the 2020 season. And we have maybe a little bit of a different format of an episode this week because we watched a movie that requires us to change a little bit. Um, We usually try to always find the good. Because, disclaimer here if you enjoyed If I Only Had Christmas, this is not the podcast for you. Normally, we would say, here are our sparks, right? We do predictions, we do a summary, we say what we got right, and then we talk, what did we like about this movie? Because the reality is, even though we snark on these movies, we like these movies. They bring us joy. We're not asking Hallmark to change their formula all that much. We're asking for better representation and diversity, and we're asking for a new Christmas classic if that's possible, but we enjoy the snarking, and we enjoy the movies. This is not one of those movies. So full disclaimer, this is going to be a different episode.
0: Yeah. So with all due respect to the wonderful folks who worked on this movie, um from everybody from the writers down to the what the best boy, is that what you told me is the right. guy who holds the mic maybe. <laughs> um, whoever, even the person that just like the Uber guy that delivered them a muffin that one time or whatever. To all of those people, we understand that they worked hard on this movie. And this is not to diminish that, but We can just say it up front. This was a low point. This (laughs) This was a terrible movie. (laughs) So, well, we did do predictions before we watched. I have them pulled
1: up if you want to go through them. I think we should share what they are. But I just, I wanted to make sure we got that out of the way so that people weren't like, I wonder if they liked any part of it. The answer is no. No. And we're going to tell you all the things that we did not like. And now, if you're still listening, thank you. (laughs) But also... We also felt it was our jobs to try and demystify whatever the heck happened in this movie because it
0: was really hard. To it follow. was
1: really hard to follow for a Hallmark movie in particular. Um, yeah. All right. So let's start off with predictions and then we'll get into
0: to everything else that happened. And, and so we had six before the movie began. Um, we we didn't want to go back to our original recording for that part of it we're just going to kind of give them to you real quick and dirty right now so um most of our predictions were based on that we knew that this story it's is a ccb movie a candace cameron beret uh so it's kind of one of their bigger budget shindigs (laughs) shenanigans (laughs) that's a a shenanigans show um for this season and that it's based on the wizard of oz and so she told us that in her Christmas ball episode. Um, and so we made most of our predictions about the parallels that we would see to that movie. So we predicted that there would be a 10 man scarecrow and cowardly lion character. We predicted that they will say there's no place like home at least twice. We predicted there'll be a freak weather event that would keep her from going back home. We predicted there would be a scene with lots of children and that there would be a true antagonist or mean character in the movie that might be a small role, but they would definitely be unlikable and that CCB will make a wish that comes true. So some of those didn't come true. There was no freak weather event or anything like that, but there were children, there were scarecrow characters um, and all the the different characters there. So we'll, we'll get into those kind of when we go through the summary, Mm -hmm. but those were the predictions we made. Um, on twitter in all good fun before (laughs) uh this movie unleashed itself upon us (laughs) so making Mm -hmm. it sound a little more apocalyptic than it was
1: yeah Um, so again we're gonna go through the summary so we can help people understand what actually happened i I do want to say um i talked to my mom about this movie because i wanted someone else's input. I was just like, who's someone I trust? My mother. Mm -hmm. And I said, did you understand what happened? And she said, I did. And I said, how? And she's like, well, I missed the first, you know, five to 10 minutes of the movie. So I caught on. And I think you're going to find that is actually where all the confusion begins.
0: Yes. (laughs) We had a rough go of it at the beginning of this one. We had
1: to rewatch the beginning of this movie four times. Now we might be dumb, but it took a lot to really break down why is this so complicated and convoluted?
0: Well, and, and so full transparency here, I've not really talked about this much on the podcast, but dear listeners, I have a PhD. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't like to whip that out just willy-nilly, but I have, a P- I have read Derrida, I have read Marx, I have read Judith Butler, and I could understand them. I could not make sense of the first 11 <laughs> minutes of this movie without watching it four times. So, you know, let, let's let kind of put it, 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 we are no spring chickens. Austin has also, you know, he's grown up and um, has a degree in communications and things like that. So he's, he's, he's also read some. Yeah. So <laughs> the fact that, you know, giving us the grace that the first time that we watched this, we were live tweeting. Mm-hmm. So we always go back and watch it a second time. But even then, it took pausing discussion, rewinding, rewatching to try to lay down this plot. So I'm giving you that caveat as we go into giving you the summary for this movie, because we worked hard for this. (laughs) We did. (laughs) We are here to only deliver the best to you in terms of (laughs) making sense of what happened here. And I'm not going to do it as my standard sort of two, three minute spiel, because Austin's going to help participate in this with me a little bit. So we can lay down exactly what's happened.
1: Right. All right. So let's get started. On this movie.
0: Yes. So the movie starts with her name is Darcy Gale. That's Candace Cameron Bure's character. And she lives in Kansas and she works for gum industries. And we'll get more into some of those naming things, I think, later and what all of that means. Mm -hmm. But she works in PR and she works for a company in Kansas city, which is not the biggest city, uh, but they have a main office in New York and she's up for an award. And she might be the first person ever from the Kansas city office to win that award uh, for best PR person, I guess. And she doesn't get the award. And around the same time, they're getting news of a man named William Austin, who is in charge of a tech company. He's the CEO of a tech company in New York city. And the company is like, kind of like, where is he? We never see him. He's making some strange decisions. Investors might be pulling out. They're kind of having a PR crisis. And all the PR folks are at the table at the gala like, oh, you need some PR now. (laughs) And lo and behold, he's looking at, we see him, he's looking at getting himself some PR information so that they can, he's he's anti-PR, but they're looking at bringing some in to help him out, though he's very against it. Um, And so CCB gets wind of that. This is where we started to get really confused. So Candace Cameron Bray Darcy is wanting to apply for that position at the request of her boss at Gum Industries, that that might be a good way for her to like get herself on the map Mm -hmm. and that they've never had a PR person before. So it could be a really great thing. And maybe it could get her a position in the New York office where she would really be seen and she would get to shine. But while she's looking into that, she realizes that he, what's the timeline? Okay. This so, is-
1: <laughs> so this is where the confusion sets in, right? So she, her her boss is like, you, she feels like she didn't get this award because she's not part of a bigger city, like headquarters. Right, Her boss is like, make the pitch. Right. So Do her it. boss is like, go for it. She's got this amazingly large board where she's gotten articles penned up. She's got notes on there about her researching Austin Incorporated. Mm -hmm. And then she goes home for the weekend and her family's there. And she's just, she's still feeling rattled for not winning the award. And she's talking to her mom about it. And her mom's like, you have a gift and it's Christmas. And what do we do? We we don't hide our light under a bushel. We go shine it in another corner of the world. This is, I think, a pretty accurate quote there. <laughs> she's like, You should help somebody. And she's like, You're right. I should do something for a charity. I've been feeling off my game. I've not felt inspired at work. And maybe this will bring joy back into my life and what I do and kind of shake off this loss. And as she's talking about this, her brother and sister-in-law recommend. That she look at uh, the Emerald Education Trust, which is a charitable foundation that delivers technology equipment to schools in need. So they gave computers and teacher supplies and things like that. And she's like, oh, I'll take a look at it. So she then goes and researches it and finds that the founder of this happens to be William Austin, who is the missing CEO of Austin Incorporated.
0: And so then she's like wanting. Yeah, this is her in. To this that she's going to do that as her pro bono work but she writes up the pitch we never see exactly what the pitch is we just see her then uh, furiously working on it and then we see her going in and finding out that the pitch was shot down so it it went through it they went ahead and sent it on mm-hmm. to Austin Inc or whatever and that they looked at it and they said no because they felt like she was exploiting the charity mm-hmm. that he's also the founder of in the pitch to to the company, and that she was trying to like use the pro bono work to like get this position, which is kind of what she was doing. <laughs> but we'll, 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 we didn't see the pitch. So we don't really know exactly right. what the pitch looked like. So he, she calls him up. She calls, his name is Glenn Goodman. Is the the name that he's going by at the beginning of this movie? Because he's the vice president of communications for Austin Incorporated, Glenn Goodman, and a he's nod also to on the board or something. For he's the founder. But oh, yeah, no, Glenn Goodman's the yeah, on the board, on the board, and William Austin is the founder. So right. it's like we've got all these layers of people, and because uh, go ahead and spoiler alert: Glenn Goodman is William Austin. William Austin is missing. Nobody ever sees him. He needs to be the face of his company and he's never there because he's afraid to be because Glenn Goodman is actually William Austin, but he pretends to be Glenn Goodman. He'd rather be a lower ling than the the top guy. So we've got William Austin is the CEO of the company and the founder of the charity. But Glenn Goodman is the vice president of communications and he's on the of the company and he's on the board of the Mm -hmm. charity. So it's like already everybody's got two. (laughs) (laughs) jobs or two roles that they're playing um but so she talks to him and she talks him into like know that she really was interested in the charity and that she really did want to do the pro bono work and that she was doing it for honest reasons because she's really invested in this charity and so he says okay you come on come do it three weeks pro bono work and if you do good at it we'll offer you this job with the company Uh, or i'll I'll put in a word for you
1: right because he was saying come do pro bono work for the trust you can't touch austin incorporated yet right and just we're just seeing and we'll how see how do. it goes. And then if you do well, we'll give you a chance to pitch. Gum you know, gum PR.. can, right. can pitch to the the Austin ink.
0: And so she hops on her plane and she goes to New York and then it gets a little easier to follow from there. So that was the 11 minutes that we really struggled with. But from there, she shows up at the company. She meets the three lovely coworkers that are going to, they, they represent different aspects of the company. Um, One is last named Crow because she's the scarecrow. Um, One is Dr. Tinsley because she's the Tin Man and then Lions, Mr. Lions, he's, he's the lion. And so they are all going and figuring out how to promote the different aspects of this educational charity. Um, they are going to work with a Christmas tree farm that is working with the educational. Tr- they donate 10% of their profits one day in the month of December. And so they're going to try to amp that up. And they're putting on a show for the children. And she's going to help like promote that. And then there's like a, like a gala dinner thing. And they end up having to combine those. So they're working on those tasks. And throughout that, she's helping... Mrs. Crow, you know, trust her ideas. She's helping Miss Tinsley find some heart in her, her reason why she works with the company. And she's helping Mr. Lyons get some bravery so that he can perform with his children that he works with, the students in the port. So um, all the while, Miss Cameron Cameron Candace Cameron Bure (laughs) is, you know, getting to know Glenn Goodman and they're having lots of wine together in the hotel bar. Um, They had their meet cute at the beginning where she didn't know who he was and she kind of talked trash about him. Uh, But they they have many more pleasant drinks after that. He's struggling with like, what is his role at this company and that he wants to be more like human focused and charity focused and is the company and are the shareholders ready for that? She's helping him to see that 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 really is a good thing for their business. And at the end of the movie, when they have this big gala with the kids performing and Candace Cameron Braid does her little dance and all that, and she's got her red shoes and it's this grand finale, he gets up to finally give his speech, which they'd been persuading, trying to persuade William Austin to give this Uh speech. Um, He gets up, Glenn Goodman gets up and then announces that, in fact, he is William Austin. So he's got CCB and Tinsley and Crow and lines up on the stage praising them for everything. And then he reveals himself, the man behind the curtain, that he is William Austin. And CCB gets mad and she stomps away and she goes home and she feels lied to. But then he shows up, Glenn Goodman, William Austin shows up at her house in Kansas, Kansas and says um, that he did want, well, he'd already announced that he wants her to work for Mm -hmm. their company and she had turned it down for PR. And he says, Okay. You can stay in Kansas. We're moving our company to Kansas. Second headquarters. Second headquarters. They're moving a branch of their company to Kansas. (laughs) That he was going to move there with it and that he wants, because he's not actually the vice president of communications, he wants her to step into that role and work with him. And then they kiss and then the camera pans out and then the music plays and the movie is over. (laughs) And we all rejoice. So that's a lot longer summary than we normally give. But that was...
1: If I, only if I only had, had Christmas, Christmas. <laughs> which uh, I look forward to when we get to rename the title. So Tara, tell us uh, prediction wise, how many points did we get? So I believe that I, I had predicted that we were going to get a nod to the lion, the scarecrow and the ten men. And we absolutely we definitely got this. had
0: that. So that was one point. She said there's no place like home three times. All right, so this is so another we got point. At that point, um, there was no freak weather event. They did briefly mention there was like a storm when Coming, she was on her way right. there, but we saw nothing of how she got home um there was a scene with lots of children right. yes three points it was because i thought they would be like the munchkins and so he refers to children. them as munchkins he's so, like where are those little munchkins at right so clearly <laughs> and then we didn't really have a true antagonist of uh, the other the the cfo of william austin or austin, winona west winona west she was clearly the wicked witch of the west and she was a little bit harsh but she was just like all business right and it's because she was
1: also like hiding um his true identity and she she comes to this revelation at the end that she's there to she she needed to let go of his father's vision for the company and let him
0: find his own and then ccb will make a wish that doesn't come true or that does come true and i don't think we saw anything explicitly no about that so we got three out of the six all right i'll take it um for the wizard predictions so that's pretty on par with how we usually do yeah um and we are gonna skip our sparks because i don't think we have any sparks i want to say that i have one spark about this movie i really like the name
1: william austin i don't know if it's because uh (laughs) said it enough times i said enough time i was like austin incorporated i like the ring to that so that's my only spark that's it Uh no
0: more i I, (laughs) i don't know what sparks i would even I mean, I guess I kind of liked the fun of trying to find the Wizard of Oz references in the sense it's that the only like, sense it gave me joy. something to yeah. do. Um, but yeah. But I think this
1: is going to lead us straight into the snarks, which is for something that told us this was going to be uh, a huge nod to the Wizard of Oz. It was so clunky and painful about what they chose to use and what they chose not to. I think I got so distracted Thinking that this was gonna follow more closely the the Wizard of Oz story, but I gotta tell you, Glinda and Dorothy don't get together at the end, and Glinda was never <laughs> the Wizard of Oz.
0: I want. I was waiting at the end. They had on the stage with the kids. They had all these little like cutout houses. <laughs> I was really waiting for the house to fall on somebody and for them to have the slippers on and that she would pull them off the person. <laughs>
1: That's what I wanted. I I wanted, and it's like I wanted a weather event. I like it didn't have to be anything that kept her from getting someplace, but like the whole start of the Wizard of Oz is, you know, she hits her head, and then we have this like tornado that lifts up her house, and we don't know what's a dream. Even if she had just like landed in Connecticut, and we saw her on the street, and just a big gust of wind came, and her hair blew out of place, and she was like, "Oh, well, isn't that like a blustery surprise?" Like just something that nodded to, I've been like transported by wind to where mm-hmm. i am
0: well a technically wind is on a plane so <laughs> you know but I, I am this all begs the question for me does this mean that this movie is telling us that oz is in connecticut <laughs> you know the emerald city Kansas, is always in connecticut. the emerald city is in connecticut it's in <laughs> it's in hartford or wherever um in connecticut now i want to go back to the big sort of overarching snark for this movie. Let's hear it. And and we did not actually, true transparency again, we did not come up with this. Someone, um, an anonymous Twitter user (laughs) tweeted or sent us a DM. Um, They would, I think would like their identity to remain anonymous. Just like Oz (laughs) Um, or the wizard. (laughs) This movie has nothing to do with Christmas. At all. And so- Nobody asked for the Wizard of Oz with a Christmas movie. Like it it and I you know I think I thought that when I first heard about this premise of like mm-hmm. I get when you do a Christmas carol or um even like the Pride and Prejudice stuff, mm-hmm. you know, it's like that kind of fits more in with these, but like the Wizard of Oz has so much going on and none of it is red and green and none of it is bows and none of it is presents, you know. So why are we cramming the wizard of oz into this movie and right. even in the iteration that they did of it christmas was only present in the decor yeah
1: there was nothing about anyone discovering the heart of christmas it was so terrible this would have been such a better premise to do for their spring right. premieres
0: it could just be a spring movie because Rainbows. there was not
1: a rainbow to be seen in this movie and it's like the whole thing is somewhere over the rainbow It's like the song that's
0: that's the bop right Mm -hmm. the bop that's my jam so
1: (laughs) over the rainbow uh so that should have been in the spring and so the fact that they brought it into christmas i was like okay maybe it's gonna be i get transported to a more Christmassy land because that would have been really cool
0: is like well, it is the Emerald City. It's green. It could just be the crimson in Emerald City. Right. <laughs> it's literally. I mean, there, there is decor that is Christmas, but there is no point in this movie where anything that they're doing has anything to do with Christmas. She's going to do pro bono work for a charity for three weeks. The Christmas deadline isn't even anything about Christmas. It's just that's how long that she's working there their kids performance that could have been any time it wasn't tied to like being a christmas performance right they did sing a christmas song but they could have sung any song but there was there was no tree lighting there was no uh like gingerbread house. there was one
1: cup of cocoa that he said you have to drink and it was a salted caramel cocoa and he gave her a cookie
0: but it wasn't even shaped like a gingerbread yeah i was i was very confused about where i was well and like family wasn't really present yeah you know, family's always a, now she wanted to go home and be with her family and they you know they start the film they end the film but
1: unlike the wizard of oz where the family members end up playing the characters later
0: on that didn't happen either right i was really hoping that they would but i guess it's because it's actually real it wasn't all a dream which i did want it all to be a dream or like maybe a dream uh, how okay how good of a christmas movie would it have been had they have said you know
1: what we're going to take the wizard of oz premise which is we have um a woman who goes into, like, a crazy fantasy land and then comes back and be like, you were there. How awesome would it have been had this been about her, like, hitting her head and having a dream where she goes to, like, a fantastical Christmas land where Hallmark can showcase all mm-hmm. of its crazy-ass decorations.
0: And they could have I – don't, I don't know how you would get a romance out of that. That's where it kind of hurts Hallmark, I think, that everything mm. – has to be focused on a romance because i think that's also part of what killed this movie because the wizard of oz is not a romance and so they yeah. had to cram that in and like who is dorothy gonna fall in love with in that movie it has to be just Bo-Bo- the wizard the dog. but she doesn't see him <laughs> until the end yeah or she could fall in love with like, the tin man or the cowardly lion or something but um... well, because everyone shipped the scarecrow yes
1: <laughs> uh in, in the wizard of Oz. because what if okay what if you had though and said one of the main characters at the beginning is not a relative mm-hmm. and it was maybe a childhood sweetheart she like had right. like there was like a conflict there and then through this fantastical dream sequence she grows to love him and then comes back and says I realize I made a mistake. You're the one for me. I'm so yeah, glad you're he, here.
0: What if he asks her on a date and she's like, I don't know. It's been all those years or whatever. And then he, she sees him and they're falling in love in the Oz world in her dream. Mm-hmm. And then when she comes back, she like the movie instead of ending, maybe it could even end with a kiss. Mm-hmm. And she could say, you know what? Let's give it a try. And then he kisses her. And then it's right. like love. Um, There's so <laughs> many ways they could have done. But that's not what they did. That's folks. not what they did. They, they did made this it,
1: instead. And. I still don't understand why there were two companies. Why was there Austin Incorporated and the Emerald Educational, Educational Trust? Trust? Why not just make it Emerald Incorporated, right? Mhm. And your bo- like the wizard guy should have been called Oswald instead of Austin.
0: <laughs> the Austin was hard to to kind of Right. Us out because
1: you could have still had him pretend to be someone else because everyone was in on it. You could have still had lowlings in the agency who had never met the CEO.
0: Mm-hmm. You could
1: have still had a charity premise. the two companies was dumb and confusing and made absolutely no sense to the plot and didn't correlate to I mean other than the fact there's like a lot of duplicateness in The Wizard of Oz. right.
0: Well, I think you have to have him not being there like gift of the William Austin Glenn Goodman. Um, plot um like Maybe not making him Glenda would help because right. I think that was really confusing. So just having a man and maybe he is William Austin, but he he's the real CEO is Oswald. And so it's like, oh, Austin, Oswald, or like there's some connection right. there. there. Um, but I guess they didn't want their viewers to know there to guess because they were doing Hallmark did a poll during the movie. Like, did you guess? that William Austin was Glenn Goodman and it was like 15 minutes from the end of the movie. And I was like, yeah. Well, and
1: it, if you didn't, I don't blame you because it was so distracting and disjointed. Like everything about this was really hard to watch. Um, there was no chemistry between our leads. I felt at most they were acquaintances. I never for once believed that there was any romantic thing. And not to say that that's tip like, you know, when Candy Cam is on 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 these Hallmark movies, I haven't seen her have that kind of chemistry in a few years now. But this one in particular, I was like, there is nothing that's making me feel like I want them to be together or that they want to be together.
0: I, I think that's a a criticism that's often given of Candace Cameron Bure movies. And I I mean, I have my hunches as to why that might be. Mm-hmm. And I'm probably wrong because I don't know her and I I'm not part of her life or in any way. But um I was surprised I guess I went into this movie thinking, oh, everybody loves CCB. Like they sort mm-hmm. of blindly love her because she's like the Christmas movie queen. Mm-hmm. We did not enjoy her movie last year. No. Nope. We purposely didn't podcast on it last year. Um Or Shoe Addicts Christmas. I mean, the last few years yeah, Christmas has been a not a wild ride. <laughs>
1: It, there's just not been strong Christmas showings.
0: And, and but they still want to put her in that Thanksgiving weekend in those, mm-hmm. those spots because they're saying, no, she's our queen. And some people do blindly love her. But we realized, I think, from just being around other people mm-hmm. who are watching these movies that, um, not everyone, there, there's a pretty big faction of people who are saying the things that we're saying, which is that she doesn't really, um, have chemistry with her actor. It might be time for her to move on to a different role in these movies rather than the romantic lead and not necessarily just because of her age, but because it's just not convincing. You know, she's married, she's got kids, she's got her home and she's not projecting either because of her religious values like not mm-hmm. fully leaning into the But the, this is where the, I the, get confused to about as an it.
1: actress. Because in like in Fuller House, I actually think she does have chemistry with the male leads that are in that well, and show. And maybe
0: she's more a comedy actress. And, and I it's think these that's dramas
1: that aren't playing her well. I, I think it's like, I actually think I would prefer her in more of like, I either, she's going to be in a drama. I want her to be in a more motherly role mm-hmm. only because now I see her as a mom because of Fuller House.
0: Well, and we learned that she is 44 years mm-hmm. old and- A lot of 44-year-old women, not all, I mean, everybody, if there's so much variety in the world, of course, she's played plenty of Mm -hmm. 40-something women, well, I think she's supposed to be playing like 30-something women looking for love, Mm -hmm. Um, and that's that's fine, but it's like, she's a mom, Mm -hmm. and on Fuller House, she's a mom of like teenagers, Mm -hmm. so, and she has been, I guess, a mom in some of these movies, but it's... It might be time for her to not be the person finding love that she might have a different role to play.
1: Or she's, you know, the aunt that finds love. Like she's like, how can you have her have a cameo versus be the lead? Mm -hmm. I think that's what she may need to pivot into because it's just not compelling.
0: Mm hmm. And there are so many talented actresses mm-hmm. that we've seen that I think it's time for the hallmark of verse <laughs> to, to lift some of them up. Yeah, you know, it, It's just you get tired of seeing the same person over and over and over again. It's, I mean, I get tired of Lacey Chabert, too. You know, I don't I don't have a strong love for her movies. So. No.
1: Well, I, I don't agree with you on that. <laughs> so, I mean, not to say that I was in love with this year's movie, but I do enjoy I, I think part of the fun is seeing people that you recognize and but I do think it's important to bring in new blood mm-hmm. like bring in some new leads and it's okay to have someone who is incredibly popular not take such a strong lead put her in an ensemble she would do f- really well in an ensemble or
0: put her in the just not the Thanksgiving weekend movie mm-hmm. like last year she had this same slot yeah she and Lacey Chabert had the Saturday and, and Lacey's movie.
1: movie we saw the ratings today mm-hmm lacey's christmas waltz beat this movie in the ratings which Mm -hmm. is kind of a new thing and i think shows like people weren't
0: really into this one and a lot of people don't like the wizard of oz well that that's the other thing is there are a faction of people out there that have like not seen it it's not as much of a cultural touchstone and it's one thing when you have again like the christmas carol or something it's like it's a christmas movie so nodding to this other christmas movie makes sense but i imagine there's a similar thing when you have the Jane Austen, like Sense and Sensibility mm-hmm. and Snowman. Who's read Sense and Sensibility? I mean, some people have. Have you read Sense and Sensibility? No. I have not read Sense and Sensibility. So I know the plot because I'm not a white person. Book, so
1: I haven't read it.
0: <laughs> I know the basic plot, but it's like most people don't. But I think that it, you can kind of, it's still kind of a romance yeah. plot line. So it, it lends itself to a Hallmark movie.
1: So I wanna, I wanna jump out of like, <laughs> the actor chemistry. And I want to move back into, uh, so I, I posted something on Instagram. And so if you haven't had a chance to go look, I encourage you to do it because uh, the only reason we found this was because we did have to rewatch the beginning four times. The first 11 minutes took us 40 something minutes to get through so that we could figure out what was going on. And we happened to pause um, on her research research board when mm-hmm. the boss is like, hey, you can go ahead and pitch to Uh, austin inc if you want to i support you i'll see it over the weekend this is before she goes home
0: this is yeah maybe three four five minutes into the movie she hasn't all that's happened at this point is she has not gotten the award and she's learned about william austin and that they have terrible pr and that she might want to pitch to them to um see if they want to have her do their pr for them so that's why she's making this board so That's all that's happened so far. So on the board, if you pause it and you have a large television
1: like we do, you can see very clearly that there is the same article on the board, which is hilarious. So it's twice. like, it's on there <laughs> twice. And then a bunch of hilarious clip art of like people doing businessy things and fake like clip art of charts that you would use as a stock photo for our website background. Right. So it's just like, look, I'm business minded. And there's Great a stick- research there, Candy Cam. <laughs> and so like hilarious research but then if you look closer what you see is the articles that she pulls up in a later scene that show that he is the founder of emerald educational trust Trust. so later in the scenes when she's like oh i've not heard of emerald educational trust and then is discovering that william austin is the founder i was like it's a lie Candy Cam, you just already posted that on your wall of fun. Let me get my highlighters. I was like, you have You've
0: post-it notes with annotation. highlighted it and sticky noted it in your office twice. Twice. It's and, on there twice.
1: And what it says is like, uh, they need more office supplies. Like, she knows what the educational trust does. So she's playing dumb. So when she gets called out for leveraging the charity for her pitch, they're right. Because she's a liar. She knew what it was and she faked it. So that's what we uncovered is the dangerous truth of Darcy Gale and her lying ways.
0: (laughs) And that's still the question that I have because, I I mean, I know that everybody, all the Hallmark heroines have these, like, really pure intentions all the time. They, if they're a nurse, they're a nurse that helps children and that they really care about children and that they stay (laughs) late just to help the children. You know, like, they're never self-serving. They always... Are doing something extra or doing things for the right reasons, um, even if those things are not part of their official job duties. And so, when we see her applying to, to for the pitch, and we know that she does want to do this pro bono work, but it's really to get this other job. And he's accusing her of exploiting the charity to get the job. I was sitting there like, "Yeah, that's exactly what she did." She is. Even it like jokes aside about like that she already knew this and she's been lying because also that is true based on the evidence (laughs) that we've seen. But, you know, she is exploiting it. She does have some pure intentions of like wanting to help a charity. But unless I see that pitch, I mean, this movie could really be about two different things. It could be about a girl who really has a good heart and wants to do this pro bono work, but also wants a job. Or it could be about a girl who basically lied her way into a vice president of communications and position is sleeping a with major the boss. corporation <laughs> and the sleeping with her boss. So it's really all about how you spin it. And Hallmark just spun it one particular way.
1: Yeah, it just didn't sit right. I, I, I just felt like she kept saying, no, no, that wasn't my purpose. If you actually didn't want to leverage it, then you should have just reached out to Emerald Education Trust and said, hey, I want to help you pro bono. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you have, like, that your founder is this. I am I work with this agency. We're also going to pitch, but I wanted to let you know. That's not what she did, mm-hmm. and it is clear no one felt it was well-received. Mm-hmm. And, and so maybe she kind of gets cornered.
0: Yeah, she doesn't have a good read on that because it all, in all honesty, looks like she is exploiting that educational trust, and she is doing that, even though she does genuinely want to do that. And here's bono.
1: more evidence that she is a self-serving character. At the end of the movie, or close to the end of the movie, when we get to the gala. So surprise, it wasn't a pipe bursting, but it was a double booking. And I want to pause here. New England, if you need help with reservation software, I can help you. That's what Austin does for (laughs) a living. (laughs) Because I don't know, like there is an unprecedented rate of double bookings in New England that we need to help. It's an epidemic. And there's a lot of pipes <laughs> that burst. <It's laughs> so a lot of burst. Pit. Let's help. Let's help these reservation people. Like let's get you the software that will make sure you don't double book. But that aside, there's a gala. The kids' performance has been bumped to the gala. It's supposed to showcase the children so that the donors feel like what they're contributing has value and impact. And how does this showcase go? It has the kids on the stage in an arc with another dance floor in front of the stage so that Candy Cam and Mr. Lyons can do a dance and upstage the children. It was right. never about the children. It was about her.
0: Right. And she has on this very cheap looking red dress. And this is the part where she's gotten the dance shoes, which are the red uh, glitter shoes, the, the ruby slippers mm-hmm. or whatever, um, that... Um, Glenn Goodman had his secretary order for her so she could have dance shoes for her dance performance. Um, I've never seen a pair of like legitimate ruby red sparkled dance shoes is like a thing. <laughs> um, but what I learned about this, I don't know if you learned this, too, in some of our conversations that that dance scene was not originally in this movie and that Candace Cameron just wanted to add it because she wanted to dance. Uh, that is what I heard as well. And that, and, and it, it makes sense it, when you watch the scene.
1: But it's like she didn't even let the children get featured at all. And okay, so fine, we have a dance number. Then this is where I have other problems. All it sounded like was clomp, clomp, clomp. All I could hear, I couldn't hear the kids singing. It
0: was like a wooden floor on a wooden floor.
1: <laughs> right. It was, and unfortunately, however it was recorded, all it was was just the bad stompy stomps with none of the music playing in the background. And then he does like a little tap soft shoe at the end, which also sounded terrible.
0: Well, you don't do a partner ballroom dance where she's just wearing regular shoes and he's tap dancing. Right. Like that was a very strange thing. And then, yeah, the, the height, like the stage is not very tall. And so they're almost as tall as the children with the <laughs> stage there. They do this one sad little version of a song. Candy Cam is dancing. And then that's it for the kids part. Mm-hmm. The parents come and pull them off the stage like they're, they're jumping down and it's like it's over. And it was 90% Candace Cameron. <laughs> it, yeah, it was. And it wasn't good. <laughs> it was not. It was not. And good.
1: it's like, don't do a dancing scene right after the Christmas waltz which was good, (laughs) good dancing.
0: She, she was being upstaged by the previous night. Right. I mean, the
1: ratings showed we prefer the dancing of real dancers. (laughs) Um, I, I think the other thing that now that we're at the gala and we can jump back if we need to, but so Glenn Goodman decides that the gala where all the big donors are is the time for him to come clean. Right. And so he briefly says, I'm sorry to candy cam. And then turns to the audience and says, so in the spirit of transparency, I need to let you know I'm not Glenn Goodman. I am CEO William Austin. Have a Merry Christmas. Good night. (laughs) That is literally his speech. He doesn't provide justification as to why there was no heartfelt, like why he came to the conclusion. He's like, I've always been scared to be in the spotlight. This foundation means everything. There was not enough there for me to be convinced and compelled that there was any change of character. It was more of like, I felt like he wanted to like have sex with candy cam and realized the only way to do it was to do a public declaration that he was a liar mm-hmm. so that he could clear the air and have sex with like a clean conscience. That's the only just, so it's like and he's thinking with he his penis across the
0: country at the end. <laughs> Which, Cause he had to get it. <laughs> you pointed this out.
1: So, okay. She leaves, she's devastated. She's upset. She goes home back to Kansas city. And then he is like, So sad. And he decides he's got to go after her. Cut to he's at her house. It's
0: creepy. How did he get her home address? So ladies or whoever, if a man or whoever shows up at your house, that is not a good thing. That means that that man knows where you live. He's he's basically stalking (laughs) you. And yes, he might be a cute man with a lot of money. But um, that should definitely be a red flag, and when mm-hmm. you stop romanticizing, this is my little sort of soapbox about you know this is the way we romanticize the grand gesture, mm-hmm. and that's also what convinces stalkers to do some strange things, also in pursuit of mm-hmm. people that they're interested in, and um, we should be asking more questions, <laughs> right? If if a person that you
1: have been working with for the last three weeks, who you might have had a romantic interest with has been lying to you for the past three weeks. And then you leave upset saying, I I wish you the best, but I can't talk to you. And then they show up unannounced on Christmas Eve while you're trying to celebrate with your family is inconsiderate to your Christmas plans Mm -hmm. and says, Hey, come work for me. Run, kick them off the porch.
0: Call the police. (laughs) It's not going to end well. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, I think, um, you know, obviously the movie's not playing it, in a negative way. That's the romantic trope. And they're, they're kind of falling into that, but it's just not my favorite one to see. And I think it does some damage. And so got to put it in the snark. I want to just talk for a quick second here about the
1: fact that we have a CEO of a company who has inherited it from his father who passed away, Mm -hmm. who was this prominent man. And it doesn't sound like the father died that many years ago. Mm-hmm. And that not a single soul knows what the son looks like. I cannot buy that there wasn't one gala function, one tech promotion that he was not photographed with his father.
0: Or that I don't... he wasn't hanging around. You don't just become the CEO of the company. You're working in some other role at the same company, aren't right. you? Right. And it's like th- we get the sense that
1: uh, Winona West knows who he is but no one else seems to know him. And I just, I don't believe that no one would know what he looks like, that there wouldn't be a single photograph for at least like one sleuthier Googler to find. That just, that was a really hard premise to buy. <laughs> I do want to step back for a moment. And this is a snark that I actually, like is more of a loving snark. No, not a loving snark, a lighter snark. Yeah. Lighter snark. Let's talk about this Christmas tree farm where marvelous Jim
0: Aww. is
1: there, and I was so excited to see him. So w- first time around, we have no idea why we're at a Christmas tree farm for any of yeah, this. Yeah, we're like
0: we thought they were. A- we thought they were in New York, and they were like, but they're like in Connecticut. Why are they in Connecticut? We were very lost. And then what does this big corporation have to do with a Christmas? tree? Why are we saving a Christmas tree farm now? Like right. I don't understand.
1: <laughs> so we're at the Christmas tree farm, and we what we come to find out in rewatching this movie is that they have a part, the Emerald education trust has a partnership with the Christmas tree farm. It's the 10th anniversary. So on December 10th, they will give 10% of their tree sales to the like, and that's their big fundraiser for the year for this Emerald trust foundation.
0: First question, Tara is I am in the wrong line of business. How much
1: money does a Christmas tree farm make in one day that 10% is any,
0: anything? That feels like the amount that you donate to the elementary school for the PTA fundraiser. You know, (laughs) not the amount that you donate to a major national charity. (laughs) Right. And so it was that. And then, okay, so they decide they have to expand it
1: because- He's getting outsold by eleven percent from all these other right. flashy. Kim has done her
0: research. <laughs> she knows. She knows the all market. the Christmas tree farm profit margins for the entire Connecticut, Greater Connecticut, Greater Hartford area. Which is some data I would actually
1: really love to look at. Is what like kind of profits. what, what kind are are of they margins turning? are they running? Because
0: I have a fake tree. I'm not. I'm not buying Christmas trees anymore. Well, speaking of fake trees, at this Christmas
1: tree farm, as they are looking to expand uh have of course they, uh, you
0: know I know exactly where you're going with this and I didn't even see it but so I know what you're gonna in, say
1: we're in the barn we're we're promoting buying a tree from a tree farm yet in the corner is a balsam hill tree. This I is not, not the see... fake tree farm. This is a real tree place and all of it was fake.
0: It's like the second you started saying speaking of <laughs> I was like oh my God they had fake trees in that place didn't they? They did it was inside the barn was all fake trees and it's like you're at a tree farm Highlight your product. I wanted to see them then be like, this is an original Connecticut fur and like <laughs> flip it over like, <laughs> like the little the little. It, see? This Fluff the branches. This it's fresh real.
1: cut pre-lit tree. <laughs> <laughs> from Balsam Hill Farms. <laughs> Marvelous Jim's Balsam Hill Tree Farm.
0: So that reminds me of my probably only spark then from this movie. If I did have to give a spark, I was really into the prettiness they have a maze they made like a little light mm, maze mm-hmm. and they showed it in a lot of the previews it's just it's basically like like a corn maze would be or something but it has horizontal strings of lights and they're in it and you see these scenes where she's kind of roaming around in it and it's really beautiful because it's night it's dark outside and you've got all those white twinkle lights around her and she's in the snow in this maze. it was that was pretty stunning stuff. I did enjoy yeah, that. I do like good Christmas lights and Probably probably most Christmas moment aesthetic of, it of the whole Hallmark season. Yeah, I would I high. would agree.
1: Okay, fine. We'll give them that spark, but unfortunately it was smothered by everything well, and else. Well, it made
0: no sense <laughs> like how did they get that whole thing up in like two or 3 days yeah. or whatever they did? So, um, you know, why did buying all those lights help offset their 10% tree sales that they're trying to bring in? <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know how they made any money off of that but beautiful it was beautiful
1: um, and, and again least Wizard of Oz moment right uh, of the movie and I think that's probably why it was the most joyful one because well, I was like
0: is it some sort of nod to the yellow brick road or something but then but we no, get they had later. a yellow brick road in the office there's like a yellow stripe on, the floor. stripe on the floor and they were all linking arms to go see if they could get William Austin to speak at the mm-hmm. kids show and they walked down the yeah the yellow stripe so there's it, your yellow brick road
1: again it was just so distracting because it's like oh that's right we're trying to duplicate the wizard of oz but not really like even at the end so winona west is supposed to be the wicked witch but she's not actually all that wicked and she's telling william austin to go get the girl and she's like you know that this isn't really about this. Go get her. Go, go, fly, fly. And I was like,
0: he's not a monkey. I wanted to say like, go get your pretty and her little dog too. Oh my God, that would have been so much better. <laughs> well, my final snark actually relates to her because I really wanted there to at least be a metaphorical mention of her melting. If not, I mean, really... I would have turned this movie around if she had physically melted at the end. <laughs> this
1: would have been an art. That tops. would have been a much better movie, and I would have been
0: very happy with that. Um, but even just like you melted my heart, or she melted your heart, or like something yeah. melted because that's the f- or spoiler like she has a heart flash and she needs to like splash some water on we her. We didn't give any spoiler alerts for Wizard of Oz. People might not know how it ends. <laughs> the Wicked Witch melts. Oh and then Dorothy goes home and it's all a I I'm
1: pretty sure that uh <laughs> that's been out long enough that you don't have to do a disclaimer.
0: you think that like 80 years or whatever? <laughs> if this is how years. you're learning
1: the plot of The Wizard of Oz, I am so sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um yeah, so she I wanted her to melt, but um even just a metaphorical melt and they they didn't do it and that would have been super easy for them to do. So Yeah,
1: it was just again, so many it's like if you're going to lean in, lean in hard, don't middle it because the middling was distracting. Mhm. It was
0: so um, maybe we should move on to our next segments, which is uh, alternate title. Yeah. Well, let's close this one out so we never have to think about this movie again until our end of year wrap ups and (laughs) snark awards or whatever things we do at the end of the season or next year when we talk about this movie in perpetuity. All right. So let's do our title review. So the title of this movie is If I Only Had Christmas. That's right. and. On a more practical level, sure, this movie can keep that stupid title, because nobody's ever going to make another Christmas movie about The Wizard of Oz, so it's not going to give or take away that title from Agreed. anything, but I think a better title for this movie is to take a set of brackets and write the word deleted in between them, <laughs> <laughs> and then wipe it from your hard <laughs> Oh!
1: Oh, just like this movie made me groan at the Wizard of Oz reference, this (laughs) title suggestion has made me groan. Oh, that's that's harsh. Um, The Wizard of
0: Christmas or Christmas in Oz or I don't know.
1: In in the same vein, my alternate title for this movie, because, again, I don't care if anyone ever uses this title again. Any other movie that uses this will be a better movie, so it can have it. Mm -hmm. Um, But I would have called this if only I had not watched this movie at Christmas. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That would be my title for it.
0: Yeah, I I do. I think that the the actual title doesn't really make a lot of sense because like if I only had a brain is the Mm -hmm. reference and that's such a specific like character reference from that movie to Mm -hmm. begin with, it doesn't feel like big enough to be the title of the movie. So I don't know if you would call it something about like Christmas in Kansas. If it wasn't in Kansas or like I'll be home for Christmas or there's no place like Christmas at home. (laughs) Like I don't know. I'm sure they have struggled with the same thing because you're cramming a non Christmas movie into a Christmas movie. Yeah. Um and again, if maybe they had like had a rainbow, like
1: somewhere over the rainbow is Christmas. Like just something like Christmas over
0: the rainbow
1: yeah which i think might have just been too gay mm-hmm. for them so Aww. that's why but that we would have been that radio. would have been a good one uh, one thing i wanted to mention um uh, is that the gum pr yes um cuz there's a lot of naming references in this movie and so we had to pause we're like there's not a random reason this is called gum and it's actually because judy garland's actual last name was gum mm-hmm. and so that was a nod to i don't
0: know why they didn't just lean into garland because that's a christmas thing Right, just that's call a... it Garland PR, like, and then have Garland everywhere.
1: <laughs> because that's what people know. Like,
0: and that would be a better reference for your audience too. Again, because this had nothing to do with Christmas, they picked gum. And maybe <laughs> they did originally call it that. Maybe there's like some legal reason they oh, can't maybe. call it that, or I don't know. But, but yeah, that. Garland references would have been really <laughs> smart. Like, yeah, that's the only <laughs> remotely Christmas thing besides the fact that it's the Emerald City, so you can play off the green. <laughs> um clearly we should have written this not that we
1: would be any good at it but it was probably going to be better had we done it right. okay will this love last tara
0: mm, yes what <laughs> i do think what? this love will last what <laughs> well i think that if he's really moving to kansas for her i mean who moves to can sorry to all of our listeners in kansas we don't want to alienate you but who moves from new york city to kansas I do 't know I don't know I'm, that not he's... Even, I'm not from Kansas and I somehow find
1: this offensive. I'm
0: sorry. I, I do I do enjoy Kansas. I love your wonderful state. Um, but I just it's an interesting move for someone that's in the type of company. It'd be like Bill Gates moving to Kansas City. You know, it's it's an interesting move. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the fact that he's making it means that he's really motivated to do it for reasons outside of like his like he really wants to be near her. And so Kansas City is a lovely city. And he's going to be happy there. And he's going to downsize his life from the big city to a mid-sized city. And he's going to rule it with Candace Cameron Bure. I uh,
1: am not in the same boat as you. I do not think that this love will last. I do not think it will last very long. I think it might last just through Christmas Day because she's going to be like, what have I gotten myself into? I don't know who this man is. He's a liar. He clearly doesn't have any, like, gumption to take ownership of anything. I don't know that. I think she's going to hear this job offer and be like, why would I want to work for him? She's going to realize that he's a stalker, right? And she's going to get out because she's a strong enough woman to recognize those things and see the
0: evidence that's on the wall. I I give this at most through New Year's. And see, the reason I think that the stalker thing, while it bothers me, I don't think it bothers her. Clearly, she's not the kind of woman who worries about that because he's not a creep. It's like it it is a bad thing if the person actually is a creep. And by the fact that we let the non-creeps get away with it and we glorify it, it kind of gives room for the creeps to Mm. do it. Um, But he's within the context of this movie, he's not a creep. And so then it it just is at its face value. It's the grand romantic gesture. She wants that kind of thing. Um, She feels she deserves that kind of thing. And that's going to be a moment they talk about when they're on their rocking chairs on the porch when they're 85. Like, remember that time you flew across the country for me? It's going to become a sweet story for I actually think
1: that the reason it's not going to last, I've I've thought about it more, is that all of it was a bad dream. Every single bit of it. (laughs) And so she's going to wake up and be like, oh man, his name was Austin this time. <laughs> and she's just going <laughs> to be. nightmare. She's just going to realize. He's her like, Freddy Krueger. She's just dreaming about a man that she's never even met. That's <laughs> so not going to last.
0: And then our last segment is when would you watch this movie? And I have the perfect date. I have mind. the perfect date too. What is your date? My date occurs in Fliberty
1: 34th because this. Would never be a movie that I would watch in this universe, on this earth, on this planet ever ever ever, so it has to take place in some alien world that never existed to me because no
0: well well my my month is a real month. I would watch this on november thirty first <laughs> Wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> It's a real month, but that's not a day that exists. <laughs> that's why I would <laughs> watch it on that day because it's June. Got it on I'm doing my knuckles. Whenever, yeah. November, November 31st is not a real date. comes up. I'm going to watch this movie. Uh, yeah. I don't think either of us have much of an interest. In, I, I mean, there might be, I don't know if it reaches the level of being worthy of watching for the laughs and the No, feature. because there's not even anything like, f- it's painful, right? Well, it does beg the question, who made this movie and why? Like, who is mm-hmm. this movie for? I mean, I guess there is a big Wizard of Oz fan club out there. It's a classic movie. There's a lot of really beautiful imagery with the movie and a lot of really interesting characters and things. But who thought that this was what the people needed? Nobody asked for this. Like, why? Why? Why did you And do is this going to gonna be the trend of seeing some weird stuff come through as it's the post-modern modern era it's the post-modern we we post-modern have, we have... hallmark christmas <laughs> hallmark's gone post-modern
1: oh man so that's the thing it's like okay hallmark i know you don't listen to this podcast but if by some christmas miracle you do we're not asking for you to change your formula
0: yeah People... our snark
1: is not about wanting to see change I mean, I, it is about. I do want to see better representation. Well, yes, yes,
0: that is a. That and is I an do
1: want fix. there to be stories that make sense. Mm-hmm. But I enjoy the nonsensical sometimes. But this wasn't Christmas. This wasn't enjoyable in any way. And it it was don't don't lift a plot structure that you can't commit to. Like I can forgive a Nashville Christmas Carol for not having the ghost of Christmas future because at least the rest of it mapped. Mm-hmm. This was just. I remember some words from the wizard of Oz and I put them in my movie script. (laughs) That's not the wizard of Oz. Don't, don't tell me it's that. Right. Do better. Right. But don't change too much.
0: (laughs) So yeah, this movie, strange choice, strange, um, everything all around about it. Um, I don't think the audience liked it. I don't think it was well-received. I don't think we are alone. And our opinions on this. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure some people out here, this
1: this was their jam. But for I think even for some of the people who who don't just enjoy the snark, who enjoy the movies for the sake of the movies, had a hard time getting into this one. Yeah.
0: And they didn't have time to watch the beginning five times like we did. Right.
1: Um that aside, so thank you so much for letting us have this platform today <laughs> to share our lovely thoughts and and snarky. <laughs> snarky yeah. thoughts we don't we
0: don't necessarily love being so nice snark is not inherently a negative thing for us snark mm-hmm. is a is a language of love that we have um and you know we do love these movies but this one just it was the bottom of the barrel for this season. yeah i mean if what i do not think this
1: one can that anything
0: will top it being at the bottom right i just don't... even christmas ring was better than this one because it was so bad it was good Right. Um, If you
1: are listening to us, please, uh, we would love it if you could leave us a review uh, about what you think, what you love. Uh, Follow us on social media. You can find us at Hallmark Snark. We're available on any podcast uh, application that you might listen to. But we would really love it if you did a review on Apple Podcasts because that tends to be where people look for those reviews. Um, And it would really help us find more snarky listeners Mm -hmm. because we want to extend the whole snarky family
0: yeah we love you guys, and we love talking to you guys on Twitter and we love seeing your feedback and comments and um you know just things that you have to say about these movies, your snarks as mm-hmm. well um so and your sparks' join us like we said, we love it too <laughs> all right, well, we've got three more weekends left of this, so we are we are past the halfway point, so we will see you next weekend with. Um, our snarky reviews of the countdown to christmas Mm -hmm. movies from that weekend and so until then i've been tara and i've been austin merry christmas and happy holidays